Let's refine your beauty IQ with help from the most credible and relevant industry leaders and resources. We'll help uncover the answers to your most commonly asked questions, tie them up with a pretty bow, and serve them up on a silver platter. I'm Annie Thurston, board-certified aesthetics nurse injector. And I'm Jenna Irby, licensed esthetician. Welcome Welcome to to Charm Charm School. So a PDO thread is um, made of polydioxanone. It's made out of uh, dissolvable sutures. So like you would get um, anytime you have to get stitching or anything like that. Um, and it's lined with a biostimulator to promote collagen. Okay. Um, and so it's inserted through a needle. Um, so it's a pretty long, gnarly looking needle. Yes, um, I saw the gram. <laughs> yes, yeah, so with the thread um, inserted into it. So when you, it's basically the needle is the delivery system. Okay. So you go in and you um, insert the needle and when you pull it out, it leaves behind a thread. Uh, there's several different types of PDO threads. So we use some of them specifically just for collagen. So one area that's really common for me is I do it in the glabellar region or between the eyebrows um, for patients who Botox wasn't necessarily enough and they still have the deep etched lines. Okay. Um, dermal filler can be very dangerous in that area. Definitely. Because of all the uh, vasculature we have there. Okay. Um, so putting filler there could occlude a vessel, have problems there, uh, where when you go in with PDO threads, they're PDO smooth threads is what they're called. Okay. They do not have any barbs on them. So they just simply go into the tissue, they sit there and they just form collagen. We just had an awesome episode with cosmetic nurse injector, Nick Greathouse from Tucson, Arizona. And I think our biggest takeaway is that Charm School is going to be having field trips, y'all. We are going to Tucson, which is something I never thought I would say because go Sun Devils. But (laughs) But. you guys, seriously, in all seriousness, it was amazing to have another aesthetics nurse professional on this pod with us today. We talked about injectables. We talked about DMK. We talked about PDO threads. We talked about LED. yeah, about we talked about all it all of the things and we absolutely loved having him. We think you're going to love this episode. Yes, his background um is in neurology actually. So he has a really really diverse um background in regards to what he's done in this industry and his transition into aesthetics is actually really heartwarming and kind of meant to be, I feel like. Absolutely. I think he he is definitely down his perfect path and he is spreading joy and his skill to all of his patients and can't wait to share that with you. It's going to be a good one. Stay tuned. We have an amazing guest here with us today. He came all the way from Tucson, Arizona. He is a RN and he is also a nurse injector. His name is Nick Greathouse and we are so blessed to have him here with us today. He is the owner of Cloud9 Med Spa and he is a total boss babe. We love him. Hi Nick. Yay, Thanks for Nick. being Hi, good here. Good morning. Good morning. So glad to have you here with us. Yes, it's always fun having um somebody else in our industry who does similar to what we do, what you do. Totally. I love having another nurse injector here too cuz we can really kind of tag team this discussion. Sure. Heck yes. So Nick, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get into aesthetics? And um, I I know that you started off actually in neurology as a nurse, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. So tell us a little bit about that. So you graduated from nursing school. And um, how did you kind of navigate where you were going to go in the process? So when I started out, I actually was in banking for about nine years and then got really bored with it, decided, you know, this is not what I want to do. And it just happened to be around the time that my father was diagnosed with Huntington's disease. Uh, which is a genetic neurological disorder, uh, kind of deteriorates the brain um, and has physical and cognitive effects with it. Wow. So I really attached to the idea of uh, neuro patients. Mm-hmm. And so I landed my, at what at the time was my dream job um, of working in neurology, worked at Tucson Medical Center 
Um, did that for a couple of years and worked in neurointensive observation. So we did a lot of patients who had, you know, horrible strokes or uh, brain tumors, spine surgeries, um, and a big part of it was migraines. So we had patients come in and I'd ask them what works for you. The biggest thing they said was Botox. Wow. And so I was like, hey, I'm a nurse. I can do that. How do I get this training? So I decided to take some classes um, and found a passion for it. I had no idea that I was going to like the cosmetic part. Yeah, yeah. Fell totally in love with it. And here I am. Wow. That's so awesome. That is so inspiring. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So he's a brain genius, people. That's, <laughs> yes. that's just a nice little extra background information right. for you to know. He, you know, c- could help specialize and, and assist patients that have struggled from brain injuries as a result of cardiovascular events, strokes, mm-hmm. all those things. So that's really cool. Wow. That must have been a little more of an intense role versus now. It's a little more fun, for I would sure. Really sure. assume. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely um, pretty hard. Sometimes we had some very sad cases, really young people yeah. who had, you know, glioblastomas and horrible, horrible brain tumors, things like that. Um, but considering that I had a family member who has a neuro condition, it yeah. was so easy for me to relate to my patients and their family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, it fit perfectly. I, I picture it's you being so a nice. really good nurse like you're just like so like your energy so like calming and well and to have that personal um connection right. to being able to speak to family members on a on a much personal you know more personal level to actually say you know i've been here maybe in a different way in a different right. aspect could make you such a better well-rounded provider Absolutely. for sure love it when did they realize that botox could be used for migraines when did that happen so botox actually therapeutically was used way before it was introduced in the cosmetic market. So when it was introduced, Botox Cosmetic is actually the same active ingredient as Botox Therapeutic is. Botox Cosmetic was released basically in 2003, but prior to that, it was actually used for things like vocal cord um, spasms, um, oh. migraines, so neurology things, um, overactive bladder disorders. So it's been for a while. Yes, for sure. Okay. It just more recently, which is crazy. It's been almost 20 years now that 2003 was almost 20 years ago. Yeah. But cosmetics been, yeah, is, is later than therapeutic. This is just me being super curious. Does insurance cover that type of, um, treatment because it is Botox? I mean, I guess that's maybe a little confusing to some people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, um, ways that people can get their insurance to cover it. It's just a little bit more difficult. Um, you know, you have to go through a couple different modalities first and fail those treatments, um, before they will actually cover it. Mm -hmm. So it's, if the person has the patience and the time and energy to do a whole that, that Mm -hmm. could happen. They could for sure. Yeah. Because you have to get the actual diagnosis code basically to bill to an insurance company to prove that you actually have migraines. But um, you know, if somebody didn't actually want to go through all of that and still do Botox cosmetic, there are different muscles and different applications that the medication can be used. And so sometimes even if it is injected into your forehead versus like your neck muscles, some people do get some relief from that, um, for migraines, but typically you can't really bill that through insurance unless they've, you know, gone through that whole, the whole spiel. Yeah. Well, while we're on the topic of Botox, can we talk a little bit about what areas are not as commonly treated, like the chin and the masseter muscles? Like what else can we use Botox for? Because most people are using it for like crow's feet, you know, forehead, things like that. So what are some other areas that Nick, you like to use Botox for? 
So I use it a ton therapeutically for masseter injections okay. for people who have bruxism, grind their teeth, um, issues like that. Um, there is obviously a cosmetic result with it. It can slim the jawline as well. Yes, we um, want that. But for people who you know, are wearing down their teeth and having horrible yeah. headaches, mm -hmm. we can treat the masseter muscles and relieve them of that pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You actually did my master muscles a few years ago. Mm -hmm. I haven't done it since because I don't know if it essentially fixed the problem. I also got like a, the, the teeth. What is the? The mouth guard. Yeah. The mouth uh -huh. guard. Like, what is that thing mm -hmm. called? The mouth guard. And like all of that together, like totally worked. <laughs> it definitely does. It's it. Um, the muscles that are the master muscles, they do actually tend to atrophy a little bit over time. So you know, I think to Nick's point, it can be super, super helpful for people that do have that really strong tension in their jaw. I do, and I'm sure you do this as well, practice caution with it just in patients that have a more petite jawline because we want all the jawline we can get. So, right. you know, it, because it can atrophy the muscles a little bit, it's just maybe either something certain patients are better suited for, or maybe something that you just do less often so Got that you it. don't have to put yourself at, I mean, I need all the jawline I could get. I don't know about you people. Chisel my jaw forever. <laughs> and then there's a lot too that can go wrong with Botox. A lot of people think that it's simply cosmetic. Absolutely not. There's so much medically that we need to know when we're treating patients. Sure. Um, totally. And the things, you know, if you treat a masseter muscle and you get the wrong area, you can knock out their ability to smile. Yes. Yeah. Certain things. So. You have to be trained to do that. <laughs> yeah. So for sure. totally. How do you um, help a patient or how do you suggest a patient navigates who is qualified to do master muscles or in general, just injecting your face? I mean, I mean, for me, when I talk to my patients, I just make sure that I let them know what my experience is and how, you know, I've advanced within this industry. Sure. Um, and making sure that they know that I have continuing education. I did mm -hmm. not just take a single course and stop at that. Because mm -hmm. some people can just take some a single can. course. Yes. Which, yes. Mm -hmm. And there's there another states. topic. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole <laughs> for <other> topic. sure. <laughs> and there's other states that, re or that allow, you know, um, an LPN or um, a dental uh, assistant or different even estheticians, estheticians. Stage, oh, which is kind of crazy to mm -hmm. inject yeah right and so that just kind of puts off the um, idea that it's simply cosmetic which it's, it's not, not. Mm -hmm. exactly it definitely is an interesting topic because it is more of like your you know while it is used therapeutically it is i think a lot of people look at it as like a it is a luxury and it's concierge and so sure because it is so easily available sometimes. I think people sometimes look at it as like getting your hair done or getting your nails mm -hmm. done, but it is important to remember that going to a provider with very qualified and continuing education and training is very important because if it's used appropriately, it is a very safe thing to do. Absolutely. For sure. So now in your practice, you really specialize in so many areas of aesthetics, but really for that anti-aging perspective, like that lifestyle, right? Just, we want people to age as graceful as possible. So okay. your menu speaks to that. So, um, I see that you do, uh, the vitamin therapy, which mm -hmm. can we talk about that? Cause I actually shockingly have never had vitamin therapy, but I've always been so intrigued by it. And for some reason it just hasn't been added to my self-care list as of I yet. Know, I know. Me too. Right. We mm -hmm. should go one day, maybe down to two. Seriously. <laughs> um, but tell us the different types and what the, the benefit is. So there's several different cocktails that you can have. Um, love that. So as we far like as tell, we me, all, cocktails, tell right? me more, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so there's uh, different ones. The most common is the Myers cocktail. It's the most um, comprehensive cocktail. Um, it's used for all kinds of different things. Okay. Um, I think the one that everybody knows the most is hangovers, mm -hmm. um, but it does have some other benefits as well for people um, who have fibromyalgia, um, you know, fatigue, anything like that. Yeah. It can definitely help to uh, replenish their stores of vitamins. Um, 
But what we do a lot in our office is the lipo amino injections um, and B12 injections. So just the shots, not necessarily the drips. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and people love them. I definitely don't want to give off the impression that you take this magic shot and then, bam, you've lost all this weight. Sure. Um, it definitely goes hand in hand with diet and exercise. Um, and we do a lot of body contouring in our office as well with radio frequency. And so we combine those lipo injections uh, with that as well. Please tell um, me more about this weight loss Tell me shot. more, yes. <laughs> and how many so, did you pack in your bag? Right. <laughs> I brought them all with me. Now. <laughs> but um, it basically helps the liver to process fats. Um, it helps with um, metabolism. Is it uh, like that HCG diet I've, I always hear about, or is that different? Totally different. That's a hormone. <laughs> that oh. one's more hormone. Why do I always hear about the HCG. It's like, it's like on the, the radio pregnancy all the time. hormone that you can take, but for some odd reason makes you thin, which makes absolutely no sense to me. However, it has to do with like the caloric intake because it's really restricted. Yeah. Okay. So this Anyways, is totally, we won't go down that rabbit totally hole. Different, right? So this, right. I can't speak okay. to it. Okay. So it's mainly just um, helping uh, the liver uh, process fats. And then it also with that helps with immune support, um, all kinds of different things. So for example, I have a patient who works night shift and in the area that I live, we have a lot of um, people that work in the correctional facilities overnight or they're working in hospital systems, things like that. Yeah. So they're just super fatigued yeah, in general. Sure. Um, so they come in and they start the vitamin therapy. And sure enough, within a few weeks, they're feeling so much more alert, alive, wow. uh, vibrant. That's so cool. And, and they're so, coming in how frequently for that? So for the drips, um, typically every like three to four weeks, um, they would come in for that. And then they do the weekly shots. As okay. Well. So, like, I personally take a B12 vitamin. Is there any, like, studies that show the difference between taking a vitamin supplement versus doing the injections? Or is there not that much information on that? Yeah, I mean, it still has a lot of, you know, controversy as to whether, you know, how much you're actually absorbing. Sure. Um, But the idea is that when you're doing it intravenously, you are bypassing that whole, um, you know, the gastric system, basically. And Mm -hmm. you're getting all of its benefits and then just excreting what you don't need. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you found those types of injections as well as like the drips helping with actual skin conditions? Yeah. So there's actually a few cocktails out there um, that (laughs) are really high in, you know, biotin and vitamin C and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So they are showing that it's definitely helping. Um, But I think a part of it is, um, you know, subjective patients just tell us, you know, oh, it feels so much better. My sure. skin is glowing more. There's the really, back. it's really hard to kind of measure. It's like measure. multifactorial because mm-hmm. right. it's like, there's so many variables, right? It's like, are you right. working out this week? Have you ate well this week? Did you drink a bottle of wine this right. week? I mean, it's like, right. there's so many variables, right. but in my mind, I'm like, well, it can't hurt you. Vitamins right. Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. But to, to kind of piggyback on that a little bit, Nick, could you kind of help people understand too, a little bit about if people should exercise caution when they're getting IV, like, you know, in medications and sh- how they could find a qualified provider. Because if I'm correct, you could kind of do damage if you didn't oh, go to somebody, right? And kind of throw out their electrolyte balances yeah, and for things sure. like that. And I think it's really important um, for the provider to screen, you know, for renal issues, um, cardiovascular issues, mm-hmm. things like that, because you could overload the patient oh, with okay. fluids. Yeah. Um, so you have to take extreme caution with that, um, make sure that they are generally healthy to begin with. And then this is just kind of adding to their normal regimen. Um, But somebody who may have um, congestive heart failure, you absolutely would not want to Mm -hmm. just flood them with fluids um, with the vitamins uh, because it could cause them to be overloaded. Yeah. Yeah. I guess this always goes back to the consumer making sure that whoever they're going to knows what they're doing. You would assume somebody who has Mm -hmm. these amazing credentials would, and let's hope that most do, but sometimes that's not the case. So 
it's really important that you do your due diligence and research in regards to who you're seeing for any type totally. of procedure or treatment. And I think the fact that you actually ask the questions about the medical medical conditions that they might have is huge because I think a lot of Fortunately, like IV bars, if you will, they just will slap a bag on anybody. And then yep. if they're yeah, not, so if it's a contraindication, it could be a really big problem. For so. sure. Hmm. Okay. Just talking with your provider is key. Yes. And if they and don't talk to you, watch see out. you in Tucson because I need to get one of these services done. I cannot believe I haven't had the drip therapy of any kind before. I know. Me neither. I need to hire another nurse to give them to me. Yeah, <laughs> right. I know. I'll just bring I feel your here. pain on that, my friend. <laughs> Always the plumber with a leaky faucet right. over here. Dang it. Um, and then also in your practice, you specialize in uh, you options for collagen induction therapy. Mm-hmm. One is microneedling, which we're all very familiar with, Obsessed. which we talk about frequently. But also under that umbrella is PDO threads. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that because there's some interesting um, thoughts on this. And, you know, half people that I kind of researched on this are super into it. Then half people are like, no, not that into it. So why are some people obsessed with it? And why are some people not obsessed with this whole PDO threads concept? First of all, what is a PDO thread? Let's talk about that. So a PDO thread is um, made of polydioxanone. It's made out of uh, dissolvable sutures. So like you would get um, anytime you have to get stitching or anything like that. Um, and it's lined with a biostimulator to promote collagen. Okay. Um, and so it's inserted through a needle. Um, so it's a pretty long, gnarly looking needle. Yes, um, I saw on the brand. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> with the thread um, inserted into it. So when you, it's basically the needle is the delivery system. Okay. So you go in and you um, insert the needle. And when you pull it out, it leaves behind a thread. Uh, there's several different types of PDO threads. So we use some of them specifically just for collagen. So one area that's really common for me is I do it in the glabellar region or between the eyebrows um, for patients who Botox wasn't necessarily enough and they still have the deep etched lines. Okay. Um, Dermal filler can be very dangerous in that area. Definitely. Because of all the uh, vasculature we have there. Okay. Um, So putting filler there could occlude a vessel, have problems there, uh, where when you go in with PDO threads, they're PDO smooth threads is what they're called. Okay. They do not have any barbs on them. So they just simply go into the tissue, they sit there, and they just form collagen. Okay. Um, those are very common just for um, to revolumize. And then you also have the PDO lifting threads, which actually help to lift the tissue. They have little barbs on them. Um, the way that I describe them is if you were to think of like a rose stem and it has the little thorns that pick out you know, mm-hmm. that poke out of the sides. It's like that. So when you tug on it, it's kind of like puppet strings Ooh. and it will actually lift the tissue and hook and pull the tissue back. So, so it's the wonderful. Smooth, and then there's the the lifting. Smooth and lifting. Those are mm-hmm. the two types of PDO threads. And yep. who would your would be your ideal patients for both of those types of threads? So is there like a certain age demographic or um I mean condition? smooth threads are great for anyone, honestly. I use them a ton in the glabellar region and then I use them a ton for acne scarring. So in your with experience with the smooth threads, mm-hmm. how much from a percentage standpoint are you seeing improvement in like that deep set line? Can you kind of I definitely that? have significant improvement, um, especially in the glabellar area. That's where I do primarily all of my smooth threads. Um, the patients are thrilled, absolutely thrilled with okay. them. Um, I would not pick it or pick this option for someone who wants immediate results. It's definitely not going to be immediate, okay. just as microneedling or any other collagen sure. induction. Sure. It's going to take time. Yeah. You know, it's going to take time for the body to actually produce the collagen. Right. Um, so it's for those take months, people, like up to yeah, six absolutely. months even, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so we have our patients, you know, we're very clear in our expectations and talk to them about, you know, what our goals are. Mm-hmm. This is just something to aid, you know, in the right. process that our Botox 
you know, is doing so. Typically, I would do their Botox and threads, and then six weeks later, I would do another round of threads alone. Right. By the time I get to my next six weeks, it's time for Botox again. So we just combine it and keep doing it until they get the desired result. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which I think that's very interesting that there is another treatment option in the Mm -hmm. glabella region because if you didn't pick up on that um, when he was talking about filler in the glabella region, that is a really, really high risk area. And so I I don't practice it personally in my own. And I know some people do and I know it's controversial, but um, just a side note, if you are ever thinking about doing filler in the glabella region... Please don't. Exercise caution. Yeah. Or go to a really, 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 really qualified professional, but also please don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> but also and then for your lifting threads, you um, the ideal patient is someone who has um, a little bit of skin laxity. You definitely want to make sure that they have a decent um, thickness of skin to start with. Okay. Um, I've seen where people have um, chosen the 85-year-old patient with paper-thin skin, and you oh, can Lord. actually see the thread mm. in oh, their skin. Oh, gosh. See, that so, is crazy. <laughs> yes. And they think, oh, let's just load them up with threads, and it's going to be great. It's not. not. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. so, so my demographic. setting. Yeah. Yes. My ideal patient is somewhere 40 to maybe 60. Like, what about um, me? Can you, like, do something with Oh, this? absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> just, <laughs> just tip it back just a little, little bit, little, right? Yeah. tightening. Yeah, so it's in that kind of patient, you know, um, I definitely don't want to give off the impression that it is a facelift. It's definitely not a facelift. No, and right, a lot right. of people advertise it as non-surgical facelift. Mm-hmm. Um, Which it's is a, not a non-surgical no, facelift. It's, not. it's definitely right. not. Um, it's one of those things that kind of we're really doing it simply to promote collagen. And right. then we just get the added benefit of a little bit of lift. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've done a lot of research on it. And um, they actually are saying that it's lasting, you know, two years plus uh, for the results. And they're getting you know, five to 10 millimeter lift, um, even after two years. Wow. So it's, I think people need to understand too, is like, even with microneedling, it's like, yeah, we're doing it for a result, but we're really doing it for anti-aging and graceful aging. It's like, if I were to clone myself and my clone was never doing any of these anti-aging services, but Mm -hmm. my true self was, I'm going to look hotter than my clone in five, 10 years. (laughs) Totally. It's like people, like sometimes I think forget about that. It's like, we're doing all of these things because we want to gracefully age. And these types of services allow us to do that usually. Right. I think, you know, just talking about it is not a deep, plain, smash facelift. And that is something that is surgical. And the average face age for facelifts in the United States, while it could be that the patient's ready for it beforehand, is about 58. Um, And so I think, you know, doing these things preventatively, like Jenna mentioned, is really the key to success because I did used to work for a facial plastic surgeon. And sometimes some patients are better suited for things that are more non-invasive. Others are more suited for things that are more invasive. Sure. But I will also say that the patients that have been proactive in their journey up until the point where they decided to get surgery, if and when they ever need it, their results look so much better sure. um, because they've taken such good care of their skin. And the skin also, when it is redraped in a non or in a surgical facelift, um, you know, the tone and the texture, it really can sometimes almost be an obvious line of demarcation if they have not taken care of their skin. So yeah, as we've always said, it takes a village. People. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and um, you know, to your point, I think it's important that you're going to a provider that will turn you away if yes. this, you know, if the PDO threads are just simply not going to work for you, right? Like maybe totally. it is time to get surgery. So I know that you, you know, if something's out of your wheelhouse, you will refer oh, absolutely. it out, right? Absolutely. So understanding that when you're going to somebody, if it's, you don't want that 
eight-year-old woman seeing those right. threads through her face like that to me was just an irresponsible choice whoever for did sure. that a hundred percent so yeah making sure you're going to somebody who just knows how and when to refer out. absolutely and i think too you know as far as your consult it's important that when you're talking to your patient you kind of have that whole treatment plan mm-hmm. planned out ahead of time yep. because um one thing with uh, PDO threads is you if you're planning to have any sort of like radio frequency skin tightening or anything like that you would want to do that first because the heat can actually break down the threads Ooh, okay. more rapidly yeah. and so it would basically have been a waste to totally. do the threads if you're going to do radio frequency right over it and that's a lot of do you mind time speaking to the cost of like the smooth threads for the gabella area yeah so as far as um threads some people charge you know per area mm-hmm. doesn't matter how many threads they use some charge per thread so most people are doing anywhere from 200 to maybe 500 um for per treatment mm-hmm. for the, um, okay for the threads it just kind of depends on where you're going you know for how many sure. people are doing it in that, that area some of the other ones could be pretty expensive though is that not the case well and just oh, to sure. kind of in case someone doesn't know what a glabella region is it's like oh, your yes. 11 lines so it's just between, between the, the brows where we do practice botox but that is a really good point like i think the regions can really vary yeah so if it's more for facial you know lifting and things like that mm-hmm. can you speak to the various areas and different costs that might be associated with that yeah so most of the time um people are doing about a four they call it a four vector lift. Um, they're having three threads um, come from their high cheekbone area and then one thread coming from the jawline down um, passed through to the chin. Mm-hmm. Um, that typically can run anywhere from 1200 to 3000 um, just oh, depending on dang. who the provider is, yeah. what their experience level is, all of that. Um, you just really want to, you don't want to, as in anything we do, you know, shop specifically on price you want to go with experience of course Um, and there are things that can go wrong you know you can have um, some dimpling of the tissue uh, when you get threads if the um, provider wasn't able to keep the thread in that specific plane the whole time okay it can actually ripple and cause um, issues there there's always side effects there's always side effects so definitely do your research make sure that you um you know, talk to your provider about what your concerns are. Definitely do not do this procedure right before your wedding, mm-hmm. um, as in anything else we do, mm-hmm. because you could significantly bruise, you could have hematomas, you could have so many different things that go wrong. Um, so what give about, yourself time. Oh, what about these like IG models these days with like that little eyebrow? The oh, fox brow. Is that from PDO Threads? Yes. So people what is are doing with that. Tell I us about know. all of this. <laughs> I, don't I don't know why they're doing well, it. I know that some makeup yeah. artists actually can create an illusion of doing the same thing by literally taping like back into the hairline. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like some people are actually doing it for real. For sure. Oh, and they I'm are. kind of they intrigued are. by it, but I'm like, <laughs> what is happening here? So they're basically picking up the tail of the brow yeah. uh, with the PDO thread yeah. and it pulls the tail of the brow up. So Snatching it's, it right up. it's yeah. called the fox brow. It's like a non-surgical lateral brow lift. So there's, mm-hmm. if you were surgically to do a brow Agent's lift. it up right now. <laughs> At the tail end of your brow, you know, if you were to kind of slightly lift that, that's what would be what's called a a lateral brow lift. Whereas if you're doing an endoscopic brow lift, that starts more um, at the hairline between the two brows. And that um, is, you know, where they make an incision and they pull the forehead up and they, you know, attach that to endoscopic uh, dissolving pegs, essentially, that keep tissue intact. Yeah. Hmm. Um, actually, I wanted to ask you too before with the rippling of the skin, I guess this has always been like a really big question for me with how do you know how much skin I guess is like the right amount? Because it, like, where does the skin go? If you did too much, you would get the rippling, right? So 
As far as too much lift? Sorry, yeah. Bajan's looking up crazy pictures. <laughs> yeah, things can get crazy. Oh, yeah. People are not. Be careful with your brow lifts, people. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you want to look at how thick the tissue is. Somebody with paper-thin skin obviously is not a good mm-hmm. patient. Um, you really want that medium thickness. So somebody maybe in their 30s to 50s is really perfect um, who like doesn't us. have a lot of volume loss. Yes. Yep. Um, and then the rippling can happen when you're going from plane to plane it really should slide in kind of like butter, just very smooth as the um, provider is inserting the thread. Um, If you're having a lot of issues getting it to advance, you know you're in the wrong plane. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is providers try to correct it and it ends up rippling Ah. because when they pull it out, it pulls the tissue and basically clumps it up. So in my practice, I just abort the thread versus trying to correct it. So I would just pop through the other side, pull the thread out and start over. Do a new one. Because it's so much harder to, you know, to try and correct it. You'd have to do like series of radio frequency to try and break oh, it down. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. places will actually take a scalpel and try and cut out the thread, Yikes. which could leave scarring and things like that. So for me, I'd rather just pop through the other side, start over and take a deep breath and start fresh. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. It's so, kind of like cannulas and filler, like a little bit. If there's mm-hmm. too much resistance, just back out, get yep. a new spot. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the hard part about threads is because they do have the barbs on them. You mm. cannot pull back because uh-huh. if you pull it. back, it's going to engage. Uh-huh. So that's where the trouble lies. So you just abort it by popping through the other side and pulling it from the bottom. Have you me up and put a nutrient bag of <laughs> Jenna's <laughs> sewed up. Just so it shut. Next time you guys see me, I'm going to be looking. Mm. What's very surprising <laughs> to me <laughs> is how comfortable the procedure is. You know, a lot of people, they see videos and it looks so gnarly because they're having this gigantic 19 mm. gauge needle, you know, several inches long uh, run through their face. I personally think my patients are more uncomfortable with lip filler than oh, okay. they are really with you know, threads. It's it actually does look very scary, comfortable. But mm-hmm. what is the recovery, would you say, with that? So procedure? typically I tell people about two to three weeks. Um, they're not so much going to have like downtime where they can't go out or anything. It just, they might be swollen and bruised. Sure. Um, so what we do in our office, we have a DMK enzyme therapy. And so um, they find that the enzyme therapy is really beneficial post-surgery or any kind of um, procedure, like injectable procedure, because it helps to flush out the bruising. Cool. So That's we like recommend segue, people do that. Because I wanted to ask about DMK. Yeah. Look yeah. at you just knowing how to transition. <laughs> Perfect, <laughs> um, right? Yeah. So this is like an Instagram sensation. It's for those who don't know, DMK is, um, well, I'll let you speak to DMK because I do not offer that service. But if you've seen photos, it literally looks like somebody is kind of like a zombie laying on the table. Like that's the best way I can explain it. Like it looks really creepy. For sure. Um, so why does it do that to the skin? And how <laughs> does it do that? But what is DMK? Let's talk about that. So first. DMK just stands for the name of the person who created it. So Danae Montague King um, is DMK and He has had this uh, product line for 40 plus years all over the world. Um, It was specifically made to have just um, healthcare providers using it. And then just recently they opened it to estheticians as well Um, because they it's so advanced. It actually um, goes in and it stimulates all the body's own natural processes. So people think that, you know, this product is just going to go in and do corrective things just because of the product. It's actually activating the body's own factors basically to stimulate collagen, yeah. Very natural. Um, mm-hmm. bring blood flow to the surface. So you're getting all those nutrients to the surface of the skin. Um, it hardens and tightens yes. um, mm-hmm. as you're laying under this mask. And so for about 45 minutes, you have constant pulsing. So it's like a heartbeat in your face, uh, which a lot of our patients love because totally. they like to know that their, their facial is actually working and doing mm-hmm. something. So you can feel the blood and lymphatic drainage happening 
Um, Do people ever get like anxiety when you're laying there and like your body is just pulsating? (laughs) You're like, it's going to be okay with your nurturing voice. I'm sure you make them feel real good. Just calm down. I would like it. It's like someone's (laughs) applying pressure to my head. Yeah. And so that that downward pressure that it creates on the skin is actually what um, creates the collagen formation. And so you know, we do have to rule out any kind of claustrophobia or anything for these sure. patients. Uh, we need to stay in the room first time to make sure that they're very comfortable with it. Um, it can get pretty intense for sure, but the results just speak for themselves. Yeah. The photos I've seen before and afters are amazing. <laughs> and I, I've heard particularly it's really good for acne prone. Is that for sure. correct? For sure. Acne and anti-aging. Um, in my practice, we do it a lot more for anti-aging mm-hmm. um, because it does have some lifting properties to it. Um, it can help to strengthen the skin all of that, um, and make the skin function to its highest potential. Um, and so there, you know, we tell people come in for the treatments, but there is also home care. That's the number one thing that we recommend for them. You know, in-office treatments are great, but you do need to be doing this stuff every day and night at home. Oh yeah. No matter what professional skincare line you're on, you will, you should be going to somebody who is making sure that you are on the proper home care regimen. It's 50% of the battle in my opinion. Yeah. If you're not doing that, it's you're wasting your money. And then of course, just having, you know, a skincare professional go through and monitor the changes in your skin. You know, you may have needed something super aggressive to target acne in the beginning. Yep. Now the acne is cleared. Why are you still using acne products? Totally. Mm -hmm. I always tell my clients that it's like we might start you on XYZ, but in three months you might be on different products. Hundred mm-hmm. percent, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I definitely love DMK. We've actually gone DMK Pure. It's the only um, product line that we use in our office. Wow. Um, and we just advertise ourselves as a skin revision clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that throws patients off because they come in and they want to have you know what people refer to as a fluffy facial or something that you know is just for calming and relaxing. Um, that's not necessarily what we're targeting. We're sure. targeting more to remove pigment and yep. reduce true acne, correction. all of that true correction. Mm-hmm. Um, and we put you on a pretty serious um, treatment plan. And so it's not going to be just a one and done type of a treatment. We have them come back in for a series of treatments. Right. As right. it should be, in yeah. our mm-hmm. opinion. In yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you also offer um, several other amazing anti-aging services, uh, LED, hydrofacial. Mm-hmm. So you guys kind of Hit all the hit all the nails on. We went head. wild. Yeah, I love it. You need <laughs> all the it. things. I yes. always have FOMO because I'm like, oh my god, do I have to have that too? I need right. it. Like I have to have it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I have FOMO. For it's sure. true. Same. Um, as far as LED goes, are you finding yourself using LED a lot? Because I personally am using it a lot in for my sure. facial services. We've actually integrated it into our monthly membership. So oh. when they come in, they can come in for unlimited um, treatment. So we recommend about three times a week um, for them yeah. to come in. It's part of their membership. Um, and I've now been integrating it into our post-injections um, for bruising and all of that. Sure. Because so, there's different yeah. settings. There's different types of LED. Do you want to speak to those options and yeah, so I own. use Saluma Pro is what I use in my office. Um, we have multiple, so that way there's plenty of room for people to come in and there's, yeah. you know, one being used. Um, but there's pain settings on it. There are, you know, anti-aging, acne clearance, things like that. Right. Um, so depending on what the patient is facing, that's what we end up using for them. And yeah. we might go back and forth. Yeah. You know, maybe the blue lights one time and then red the next or combining them half and half. Yeah, they're so beneficial. I used to work for at sure. um, briefly doing a laser and laser externship at a plastic surgeon. And a lot of the post-surgery patients, when they would have facelifts, like part of their just post protocol was they're coming in for LED mm-hmm. because it's so healing. It's so reparative. Um, so pretty much anybody can benefit from LED oh, if you're sure. using 
you know, a good device, obviously. For sure. But yeah, I love using LED as well. Yes, yeah, so we've definitely, um, I think the big thing is just getting patients to realize that there are true benefits from it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot, of, they do push back a lot saying, what is a light going to do for me? Totally. You know, why would I come do that? And then they come in, you know, after about six weeks and they're like, wow, yes. my skin looks so different now. Mm-hmm. So it's a yeah. great option. Good. Love that. So let's talk about your role. You're a male nurse, obviously. Mm-hmm. Do you which I love having you here being having that male perspective, because Mm -hmm. I think that it's so important that, you know, today we have more men getting these self-care services. You know, it's like, it's not just for females. I feel like men more than ever are now wanting to take care of themselves more. And have you seen that in your practice? Do you feel like it's benefited you being a male, attracting more males into the actual practice even? Absolutely. I mean, just yesterday I had three different males in my office Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just growing more and more. It's becoming less, um, you know, of a stigma. Yeah. And sure. people are realizing that they can gracefully age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do not have to look like they've had their face, you know, pulled back with strings and just, you know, <laughs> tightened back, like yeah. just super tight. Um, they actually can look very natural um, yeah. with any type of procedure that we offer. The Brotox. Mm-hmm. For sure. Are you having more men come in for the injectable services? For sure. And especially, you know, jawline contouring, um, cheek enhancements, things like that. Um, it's very big because they want that more masculine look. Um, yeah. And so they come in and we define the jawline um, and also cheeks to because men tend to lose volume uh, very quickly in their mid face. Yes. And oh, so that's interesting. To, it causes very deep nasolabial folds and sure. things like that. So by yeah. adding the cheek volume back in, they look a lot more um, healthy and, yeah. you know, especially like marathon runners and athletes, things sure. like that. Yeah. We have that to replenish that volume mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. What yeah. percentage of your patients do you think are female or male? Mm, I'd say probably again. maybe mm-hmm. 80-20. Like, yeah, I would yeah. agree with you. Yeah. I, and I have the same, like I would say men are definitely more proactive about wanting to do things now. And I think Botox, filler, Kybella is really big mm-hmm. with guys too. I think jawlines are huge. I mean, with everybody, but um, I mean, my husband had you know, filler in his, sorry, Todd, I'm calling you out, bro. <laughs> might be but he does Botox and we're not, he's just, he's proud to shout it from the rooftops. But yeah, we did a little bit of filler in his mid face because same thing. He's a tennis player. He had a little bit of mid face volume loss mm-hmm. and yeah, it helped his tear troughs. It helped his nasolabial folds, his jawline. Now I've created a monster. Yep. Same you with heard masseter me, Todd. injections. <laughs> a lot of men have really, really strong uh, masseter muscles. And so a lot of them grind. And so we do that a lot of sense. therapeutic injections there. Totally. All right, and it's cool because you Hop can on board men. Let's do this. Yeah. Right. And you can keep it masculine, but also like, it's cool. Cause if a man wants to feminize his face, you can also do that yep. too. Yeah. So I definitely awesome. have plenty of those as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love this. Mm-hmm. Very right. customizable. Mm-hmm. Those injectables. Mm-hmm. So you have had your own practice for how long now? Uh, just about two years, two years, but you're also a faculty instructor for the American Academy of Facial Aesthetics. Correct? Yes. yes. Okay. So how did that come about? And tell us about that journey. Cause that's, that's cool that you are also not only treating, but you're also teaching. Right. So yeah. How did that all come about? I just love to share my knowledge with people. And so I was taking courses through AAFE um, and I just got addicted and then came back for more and more and more and took all of their levels um, over and over. So I got really, um, you know, familiar with their existing faculty, mm-hmm. reached out to them and said, you know, hey, how, how do you even get into this role? Um, I really love sharing my knowledge and I'd love to be a part of the team. Yeah. So I started mentoring with the company, um, which was just kind of helping shadow and take care of um, some of the different models that were brought in uh, for the training courses and fell in love with it, uh, really networked with a lot of people and 
eventually became faculty. So now yeah. I travel almost every weekend um, to a different state and meet people all over the place and teach them, you know, level one. So the very brand new people who have never touched Botox ever to the people who want really advanced training who have been doing it a while that want to kind of perfect and get more techniques under the belt. Totally. Don't you just, I love, I'm like, I, I go to it. classes all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm obsessed. I can't get enough. And it's so cool to be able to connect with a community like that For and sure. have people you can refer, you know, and, and call on and say, yeah. you know, what do you think about this and compare things and what techniques are you using? And mm-hmm. the injectables and non-surgical space is growing so much for and sure. it's so exciting. And like, I think what's all- been really fun for me is, um, because the company is owned by a dentist. And so he actually was one of the people who pioneered, you know, dental professionals actually getting into Botox and filler um, for therapeutic and cosmetic um, indications. But he, you know, went to pretty much every state and got it passed to their state board uh, for dental professionals to be able to do these procedures. Um, And a lot of people kind of are taken back by thinking about a dentist doing Mm -hmm. Botox and filler, but who knows facial anatomy better than a dentist. And so for me, it's really opened my eyes to, all of the different dental, you know, things that could go wrong, you know, like I said, with people grinding their teeth mm-hmm, and causing mm-hmm. so much wear, um, having to use their night guard, which let's face it, nobody's compliant with yeah. actually using their night guard. They spit it out halfway through the night. They're all scream sexy. Yeah. yeah. Right. And <laughs> real so turn on. Yeah. we just tell people, you know, protect your investment. So if you're, if you're spending all this money to, you know, fix your teeth because of the wear that you're putting on them, um, get the Botox to help totally prevent it from happening again. You know, and then a big thing is also lifestyle. You know, we push that a lot mm-hmm. with our with our students and having them tell their patients mm-hmm. lifestyle change is so important, especially when we're doing like our migraine treatment and therapeutic stuff. Um, they got there because they're doing something that's causing problems. Sure. So yeah. mm-hmm. whether it's stretching or yoga, Pilates, any of those that they can integrate into their daily routine, mm-hmm. it's just going to help them get out of pain. Yeah, overall awesome. wellness. For and sure. An overall dentition too just is so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy just seeing, you know, before and afters with cosmetic dentists that if there is, you know, teeth missing, what amazing things it can do to have, de- you know, teeth in the right space. Yeah, for sure. And literally help rebuild your jawline. Like yeah. That. Yep. yep. It's awesome. Takes 20 years off of them. Totally. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we can all never learn enough, right? We're all lifelong mm-hmm. learners here, which... I actually met you at a seminar that I was hosting. Mm-hmm. So, same, same. Yeah, we met Nick. A, was it a year ago? I think about a yeah. year ago. I think it was the first we one. We always yeah. just stayed connected. And yep. yeah, because we're just all lifelong learners. And it's so important. You have a community to keep connected to and um, bounce ideas off one another, share your experiences. And we're the so nerds grateful. at this table, yeah. all of yes. us. Big old nerds. <laughs> what Proud. would you say are your three tips for graceful aging? If you had to tell somebody, these are my three magic magic ingredients. I would definitely say, you know, sunscreen. Okay. Yes. Yes. So important um, because people think, oh, well, I don't work in the sun. I'm not, you know, I don't need it. Well, there's a lot of other stress that can come from the environment. Mm -hmm. So use sunscreen. Um, Don't use bar soap on your face. Seriously. It surprises me how people get away with that. No, just kidding. (laughs) And I'm very jealous of the people who do get away with that. Don't use anything on your face (laughs) that you're using on your armpits. Right, exactly. Or your ass. Yeah. And then I think the last would be find a good injector. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And an esthetician. And an esthetician, yes. Find you an esthetic bestie. Mm -hmm. For sure. Totally. (gasps) Should we do some rapid fire? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Cool. So you came from Tucson. What did you listen to in the car ride here? 
Um, I was actually listening to sculpture training videos. Oh, <laughs> love it. Sculpture training. Yeah. Cool. So I'm actually, when I leave here, I'm going to be doing some sculpture training um, at my office. And oh. so I wanted to kind of refresh my memory before we yeah. get hands on. So okay. again, the nerd. Never not yeah. We're nerds. <laughs> yeah. So non-aesthetics uh, related, what is your favorite movie? Mm, got a few. I love um, White Chicks. And <laughs> I, I definitely love so Titanic is another one that I really love. It's oh, a good classic. That that is a old classic Leo. Yeah. Yeah. Sexy. Sexy. Yeah. That Leo. Yeah. I was just watching uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with him and Brad Pitt. Oh my Pitt. God. They look, I'm sorry, Brad weathered, Pitt. but they look better, better than ever. Why is Brad like so pretty. I don't Sexy. understand. His jawline. It's his jawline. He has a good injector and a good he esthetician. Does, yeah. Great hair. <laughs> but his features are a little more feminine. Like his nose is like so perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm like, your nose is prettier than mine. What the hell? Tan. <laughs> Brad, that better be a spray tan. Yeah. Right. You hear me? I'm speaking to you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, if you're going to have a cheat meal, what is your cheat meal going to be? Mm, cheat meal. Um, I love enchiladas. I love any, any Mexican food. Yes, it's definitely totally. my go-to. Speaking of the choir. And pizza. <laughs> Where is uh, your favorite place to go on vacation? Probably San Diego. Mm. I just love the vibe there. Everybody's chill. It's such an easygoing place. And it's quick to get to. When you're going to recharge your own battery, how do you do that? I think more just spending time with family, mm-hmm. friends, people that give me all those good vibes. Yeah. Um, definitely had to, over the past few years, remove any kind of negativity sure. from my life and yep. only have people who are adding to my life yeah, you know absolutely totally. it's been super helpful mm-hmm. we feel that vibe we feel it love it well thank you so much for being here with us today where could somebody find more information on you what is your website um it is www.cloud9medspaaz.com okay and instagram would be nick underscore rn underscore injector okay Love All it. right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having so me. Thank you so much. I'm ready to make an appointment. Yep. So I will yeah. see you too soon. I'll get there soon for my fat injections, my yep. DMK, and my vitamins. Spend a whole day there, right? The my threads. We're going to make a field trip out of it. I'm not sure about my foxy brow yet, but right. that might be on the table too. <laughs> All right, guys. Class dismissed. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for tuning into that last episode. Make sure to stay connected with us. Go to wherever you download your favorite podcast to subscribe to Charm School and be the first to know when our newest episode is released. You can also connect with us on Instagram at Charm School Podcast. In addition, you can check out our personal Instagram accounts at Nurse Annabelle and at Esthetician Jenna. Also peep our blog at charmschoolpodcast.com. Hashtag welcome, welcome to Charm School. Charm School.